You are listening to episode 17 of The Transport. Your president and I have the same priorities. The Transport by Alex Ames. You are listening to The Transport, a sci-fi military action thriller audiobook podcast, written and performed by Alex Ames. The music throughout the podcast is the song The Last True Boss by Kumiku, available on the freemusicarchive.org. Chapter 57 Kimmick Kimmick tried to fight the constant cable entanglement. He enlisted the guard team to cut through the thick cables the second a post came down and the first of the wheels mangled the wood and crunched the cable. At least this minimized the length of the cable. Hank Joris, Legion's overweight compliance manager, was the designated minder Equipped with an oversized bolt cutter, he did a great job, just as advertised. Kimmick watched from above as Joris ran ahead of the transport. Whenever one post broke under the first wheel, the cable came down and he could cut through it. Then he had to run briskly ahead past the next post, only to repeat the maneuver. Kimmick gave him a double thumbs up. The method seemed to work. He failed to see his comrade's exertion. After five posts, the fat man stumbled over some low bushes, failed to get up in time, and the merciless, constantly forwarding MMTU ran over him. The cries drowned in the steady drum of the generators and the hydraulics. His body ground to pulp and mud by wheel after wheel after wheel. Kimmick grimaced and did not wake Herbert. The transport marched on. As the in-system communication equipment was radio-based, it did not work, so Kimmick had to walk constantly between the driver console and the two loader control centers. When he arrived at the left side loader control, Baldini served him the next piece of bad news. Unit Charlie 2, the one with the worst cable entanglement, shows a blocked wheel. The cable has wound so tight around the axle that it works like a brake, Baldini explained, showing the red wheel on the graphic screen. What does that mean? Most likely the wheel will start to burn if I leave it on the ground. I need to lift it. That has an effect on the load, right? Kimmick said, glancing up to the huge dark spaceship looming over them. Yeah, the wheels nearby go into deep yellow warnings on our consoles. The ground may give way more easily. No alternative? We can deflate the tires a bit more than it might hold the remaining 10 miles. Then do it. But we will lose another hour. Oh man, Kimmick slowly realized how Herbert must feel.
Chapter 58 Charles Eva, the man called Leo, shouted in a high-pitched voice from the car. A real mother of a soldier is here with me. Schwarzenegger and the rock rolled into one determined female. Careful with your delicate comparisons, dead man, Morales snorted. A lot of Michelle sprinkled in. More Rodriguez and Pfeiffer, if you get my drift, Leo said in his panicked voice, well trained today. Is that what you wanted to hear? You know how to make a woman blush, dead man. Charles saw the Eva girl squinting her eyes as if calculating the situation, and Charles was not sure that the outcome would be in his and Morales' benefit. Charles diffused. Lieutenant, don't shoot. Yet. I'd like to get ahead in the game, but you're the man, Doc. Morales sounded impatient. It's never good to get too far ahead, the man called Leo said. Charles focused on the petite woman. Eva, I may call you Eva? Let's find a solution here. I am open to suggestions, Norman, Charles, doctor, Eva said. Just Charles. Let's start with a little information. We are here to stake out Legion Analytics. You are here to stake out the company too. Looks as if we are on the same side, right? The woman called Eva did not look impressed. On the same task, yes. On the same side, maybe. Leo squealed. Listen to your press, man, Miss Lieutenant. The doc is always right, but has a certain limited desk-bound perspective, Morales said. Your girlfriend looks pretty able and quick, like a cat that has found a bird on the ground. I might not want to take any chances. Charles lifted his hands. Stop, stop, stop. Let's not jump to anything here. Let me tell you our story, and then you tell your story, and then we'll decide what to do. The girl's eyes never moved, and Charles noticed that she hadn't blinked once. Talk, Charles. Charles breathed in. The U.S. Army had been transporting a secret object on the southern highway from the old airbase towards Sanderson, where the new particle collider had been built. A group of well-organized and armed civilians attacked our convoy. Few army personnel was able to flee the scene. We ended up in veracity. You guarded the transport? the girl asked. No, they were all killed in the attack. Only part of the logistics crew survived. Lieutenant Morales and I came in earlier tonight on some gliders to determine what is going on and to offer our support. We got a lead on Legion Analytics. At least one of the attackers came from here. A man called Smitty, a chemist or something with bio. Charles looked between Leo and the girl. Leo, the girl said. All right, be careful with that gun, lady. I know Smitty. He is, he, he was a nice guy. Kids, wife, patio, barbecue and all. But that may have changed in the last 24 hours. There is some sort of zombie virus going around that changes the people. They suddenly are ultra-violent, doing something terrible to each other. Our story, Leo, Eva said. Right, right, to the point. Eva and I work at Legion, though I doubt that we will ever see our next paycheck. We stumbled upon some sort of conspiracy, 
people within the company had been brainwashed or zombified. They are running through some sort of game plan, but we were unable to understand what it was all about so far. We got ourselves weapons and we were planning to check things out. Weapons? Morales said, and Charles could see her eyes gleam briefly in the dark behind Leo. Yeah, we, uh, Leo swallowed, uh, ripped off some drug dealers. Lots of weapons, good stuff, quality stuff, whatever a successful drug distributor needs to defend its territory. You are a car salesman? Morales asked. Come on, folks, this is ridiculous. We do not tell you our secrets and you don't either. Charles, let me kill this clown and we take our chances with the boss girl. Hey, Leo squealed. We are equal partners. I'm the boss boy, too. You can't kill me. Eva looked at Charles. What did you transport? Charles stayed quiet. Leo quipped into the silence. Stalemate. The silence continued. Leo cleared his voice. All right, all right, folks. As much as I like a good Tarantino-style Mexican standoff, I hate to have this gun against my head. Let good old Leo put some more cards on the, to the table to build some trust. A man of my liking, Charles agreed. The girl you see in front of you, she's not a girl. She's a robot. Cyborg, Eva corrected him. Excuse me, a cyborg from outer space. Together with her mother... Uh, and another cyborg, she was sent to Earth to find and to kill an alien species stranded here. Morales snorted and shook his head in bewilderment. Dude, these coincidences. Liu speaks the truth, Eva defended her friend. Yeah, we believe you, Morales raised her hands, stepped back from the car and slowly holstered her gun. She straightened up and surveyed the surroundings. Our surviving transport team saw your mother in action. She rounded up one of the Legion attack teams and freed our people. She got injured heavily during the fight and her remains are in the back of a bus. She's disabled? You have Ava? Eva asked. There was a firefight. She got run over by a car. Her legs and hips were totaled. Her upper torso is still intact. She briefly talked to her team but then, well, she's not switched on. So don't expect a happy mother-daughter cyborg reunion. Eva asked, where is she? Back in town, at the diner. There was a small period of quietness. Charles then opened up the two. Your mother explained about the clones. The army team has seen the green slimy slugs inside of humans. Yup. <laughs> Leo giggled like a madman. And they crawl into humans through your bum hole and take them over. Charles decided to go all in too. The transport the clones attacked was a spaceship we found almost 70 years ago. Eva's eyes lit up and she finally lowered her own gun. Now we should talk. Hi, Alex Ames here. Sorry for the little interruption this story will continue momentarily. If you like a good thriller, check out my 2020 novel COVID Trouble. COVID Trouble is a novel in my ongoing troubleshooter series featuring the corporate troubleshooter Paul Trouble. COVID Trouble takes place in Paris, France after the first lockdown of 2020 
just when life seems to normalize again during the worldwide life-threatening pandemic and France is getting ready for some well-earned summer vacations. Someone is poisoning supermarkets with the virus. Is it a lunatic? Is it a terrorist act? Paul Trouble will find out. A lot of bullets will fly. There are car chases, gunfights, rooms full of dead people, deadly fire traps and many, many, many ways to die. Covid Trouble is available as ebook at most online retailers and as paperback at Amazon and some other e-tailers. Check it out, it's a ride. It's inspired by the current events of that crazy, crazy year 2020. Covid Trouble is the name, Alex Ames, the author. That being said, buy the book. And now let's jump back into the transport. Chapter 59 Leo Leo drove into town towards the diner, where they had agreed to plan things out with the army guys and the dock. It was past eleven, and occasional fires flickered left and right, shining yellow glow through the long lines of streets. Jesus, what's going on here? Leo muttered. One night of outage, and people go berserk. Your species... Social fabric is weak, Eva stated. Yeah, buy that. Always on the tipping point. We don't need a brain-controlling alien inside to act crazily. After a beat. Do we trust the army? Eva glanced over from a passenger seat. We need all the allies we can get. And they have the same goal as we do to fight the aliens. Honey, something I learned. You have your goals... Then comes nothing, for a long while. Eva actually smiled. You know me so well. That Morales lady looks like a mean and able MF. Leo changed topics. Like me? No one is a meaner MF than you, honey. Leo smiled, keeping his eyes on the road. Great compliment, Leo. You're welcome. Two dead guys, one black, one white, lay spread-eagled on the asphalt in front of the diner. Some car had run over them. That much was clear, judging from the amount of blood and the deformations of the bodies. Oops, try to dine and dash, guys? Leo commented. He found the whole scene so surreal and unsettling that it verged on the ridiculous. What does a run-over body? Eva asked. Dine and Dash leave the restaurant without paying. Are you sure that this transpired? There is no evidence. I'm a data analyst, not a mentalist, Jim, damn it, Leo said. Eva smiled. I recognize that reference. Did you feast on sci-fi movies while you waited to save the world? Leo parked the car beside a school bus when attentive Green Beret stood guard. Keep an eye on the car, please. Leo said in passing. The trunk is full of weapons and ammunition. Eva asked the guard, Where do I find the remains of my mother? The soldier looked at Eva with curious eyes, probably shocked by her attractiveness and attitude. And he had to translate first what she was saying. We have no... The blonde cyborg? The robot. The bus in the back. Cyborg. Eva and Leo entered the battered old bus through the open front door. 
The inside was dark, but Eva found a switch on the dashboard and the interior light buzzed on. They found Ava's torso propped up on one seat, secured by belts. Similar to Eva's own freeze, Ava too was stuck in a final moment. You guys put a lot of effort into your hair, right? Leo remarked. He was pretty sure that cyborgs were not much into difference. Believe it or not, it was one of the more difficult things to implement, I heard. They over-engineered it as a perfect hairdo that might give us away in certain situations. Additionally, most other women hate us, Eva said, and unceremoniously unstrapped Ava's remains. She investigated her back, pushed up the remaining clothing and probed the artificial skin. Secret off-switch? Or self-destruct? Wouldn't be secret if I told you. Might be good to know for me in case... In case you need me to shut up properly, once more that super sexy small smile would never cross my mind. She put the torso back onto the seat. Let's join the others. That's it? No teary cyborg goodbyes? She's gone. If this triggered some sort of sadness program inside of her, she did not show it. Sorry for your loss, Leo said. Did you say this to a robot? Thank you, Leo. Now I'm all alone on my mission. You got me and the others to help you beat the crap out of the green slugs. Leo held her by the shoulders. Is it an indecent question to ask whether you plan to use her for spare parts? No. Reuse is actually standard procedure for remote auto missions. Eva looked up at him. Want me to try out the blonde hair one day? Leo thought that this proposal was equally unsettling, kinky, and very sexy, like having sex with a younger version of her mother. Leo and Eva stepped into the diner through the back door, where a mix of fresh and battle-worn soldiers were gathered. Charles was running a briefing. So, the dog indeed seemed to be the head guy around here, even Leo could see that. They all found places to sit, Eva preferred to stand and watch both front, back and back of the room, despite the two green berets. The waitress and Miguel vanished into the kitchen again to give the team privacy, but not before Leo had ordered two steaks with double fries. Morales summarized their trip to Legion Analytics, acquainting Leo and Eva and observing the scaffolding works in front of Legion's entrance. Then Leo summarized his and Eva's adventures over the last two days. A brief Legion Analytics company setup, the basement lab, his and Eva's discovery, the conversions of the management team, and a heavily censored version of their weapons acquisition. Eva and I had to plan to shoot our way into the headquarters and destroy the lab downstairs, Leo concluded and looked at Eva for confirmation if he had missed anything. Our plan was sound. Except we couldn't agree whether it was to be a heroic attempt or a straight suicide mission. Mac asked, why did they take back their ship? They want to go home, Eva answered. That got a laugh out of everybody and Eva raised an eyebrow at Leo. What did I say? Alien pop culture, honey, don't worry. They want to go home. They need the spaceship for that, Eva repeated. It's probably theirs anyway. Charles understood. The ship will come to the aliens. The aliens are at Legion Analytics, in the basement inside the glass container collection you've seen. 
Legion has a parking lot that sounds as if it fits the approximate size of your super transport vehicle, Leo added and explained one of Eva's initial observations. Someone had prepared this event long time ago. Sclones are strategic thinkers with a lot of patience, Eva confirmed. Let me get this right, Sina summarized. The Sclones were hiding in the basement of this company for years, perhaps even decades. They somehow found out that their confiscated ship is being transported. They've had moles in the military, someone like our Lieutenant Kimmick. They prepared well for this opportunity, acquired the necessary weapons and stole the ship away from us. They are currently transporting it to the Legion parking lot. From there they will load it with those glass containers over the ramp you guys saw in the state of assembly. She looked into the round and everyone nodded confirmation. The story so far. The waitress called timidly from the kitchen door and Leo jumped up to get his food. He cut the first piece of steak, stuck it onto his fork, added two french fries and drowned everything in ketchup. Slowly ate it. Man was all he could say. Hadn't had anything since this morning. He munched with a full mouth. Sina passed him another ketchup bottle. I like you. Leo beamed at her. Eva looked at Leo. Your heart is a treacherous pit. Don't you want to share with your girlfriend? Caspar asked Leo in awe of the beautiful creature in front of him. Eva looked at Caspar with a bright smile. I am not hungry, thank you. And Leo needs all the energy he can get. What about the spaceship? Morales brought the discussion back on track. How many aliens are we talking about? Depends on the model of the spaceship, Eva explained. Planetary travel requires anything from 20 sclones. Interstellar anything from 50 sclones up to 100,000 per ship. I will need to lay eyes on the ship to tell you for sure. Can someone who has actually seen the object draw it out for Eva, please? Morales asked. Sina snatched Charles' notebook and did a good sketch of the spaceship and Mac dictated the exact measures. Eva gave it one glance. Explorer Class 2, made for mid-distance hyperspace travel, light armory, standard defense, unmodified maximal capacity 422, minimum travel requirement 85. What? Is a minimum travel requirement, Charles asked. Controlling a spaceship is not like driving a car where one person lazily holds a steering wheel and presses down the pedal. Spaceship control is a multifunctional discipline from course charting, power management, life support, ship control and defense. Minimum number of controllers for such a cruiser is 85. Sclones only, mind you, no other species is able to move it. 85 people to steer a single ship? Mac asked. What kind of overkill is that? You want to teach me about interstellar travel? Eva looked Mac over. Mind you, an Explorer Class 5 ship needs more than 6,000 sclones to navigate. And after exploration comes settlement. Those transporters are even bigger, with well over 2 million passengers flooding the newly acquired territory. Morales saw the fact from the practical side. If we manage to kill as many as possible and bring down their number below 85, they are unable to fly away? 84 and you have a piece of black brick, Eva confirmed. That got everyone thinking.
As if to underline, from his position at the window, one of the guarding green berets fired a shot into the night and someone screamed outside. Looter, he called over. The others ran away. How many containers did we see in the basement, honey? Leo asked with a full mouth. One stake down. Eva's eyes went out of focus for a moment, recalling the various scenes they had witnessed. Three rows of shelves, about twenty in one shelf row, two shelves high, one in front, one in back, makes around 120 containers from the look of it. 240 on the low end, 400 on the high, Morales summarized. That's a lot of kills. Hundreds of well-prepared clones against two handfuls of soldiers? Great odds, Mac exclaimed. They do not convert everyone into humans. The process is much too dangerous, Eva explained. They need 20 to 30 converts, some to guard the building, some to prepare the transport of the containers, to the spaceship, set up the scaffolding we've seen. They will be trained in basic combat to attack the spaceship and transport it back. But they are no professional mercenaries, not by far. Sina shook her head. You could have fooled us. A small team was able to kill a platoon of rangers and steal the ship. These are heavy odds, Charles remarked. You experienced what they were able to do. What's our chance of disrupting that loading? Eva looked at Charles. Difficult, but not impossible. The life support system for the containers fills a whole basement room of at Legion Analytics. The containers are quite heavy. They will only manage to move maybe five pods in one transport. From the basement, through the lobby, up that ramp they are building, and into the ship. Without 200 pods, we are talking about 40 trips. Let's say 5 trips per hour means almost 8 hours of pure pod movements. We haven't seen the spaceship yet, Mac pointed out. It's all pure theory so far. Sina glanced at the mechanical clock on the wall that showed midnight and did a mental calculation. If they took the direct route and didn't mess up, they should arrive within the next hour. Then we will see if our assumptions hold up. Not much time to formulate a plan, Morales threw in. Sina turned to Eva. And what's your story? Eva remained silent. Sina turned to Leo. Your girlfriend turned mute? One of her quirks. Leo explained, her mission parameters might not include talking to the armed forces of other planets. Once you know her secret, the army knows, and whoops, a billion retweets on Twitter. Tell us about your opposition. What background can you give us on the aliens, these things called sclones? Morales tried a different track. A species that used to dominate large parts of the galaxy, the sclones, look helpless but are masters in survival. Like you observed inside the body of other species. They eat humans from the inside? Sina asked. The term is converted. It's a symbiotic relationship, though the benefit is purely one-sided. This clone, once inside the host's body, connects to the nervous system and takes over the sensory input and output. It has access to your senses, to your brain and to your physique including nutrition. It feeds on your metabolism, not your flesh. As a host species, you simply must eat more as you have another calorie burner inside of you. And the human knows this? 
that there is something inside of him or her? Oh, that depends. The human feels and sees and hears normally. The communication between your senses and your brain are not disrupted, merely overridden. But the host is unable to act or react. It's this clone inside of you that tells you what to say, where to go, what to pick up. Your body ignores your own brain commands. Jesus, Cena muttered. This is like a body invasion paired with a date rape drug. If you will. The conversion took place while the host was unconscious. He or she might not understand what is going on. Fully aware that something is wrong, unable to do anything, but still consciously receiving the sensual inputs from your environment. So if this clone inside of me told me to rob a bank, I would be unable to stop it and I would witness the whole thing. Sina compared. Me holding the gun, stuffing the money into the bag and shooting the security guard on your way out. Yes, Eva completed. All my co-workers have a great excuse on this shitty day. They made me do it, Leo giggled. When he saw that no one was laughing, he shrugged. Never mind, I've seen enough the last two days to last a lifetime. Carry on. What about those clones? What's their beef with us? Charles rubbed his eyes. They are piss ugly, we got that. They are ugly, but the most intelligent species in the universe. Now, that's hard to believe. They are green slimy slugs. Mac gave back. Eva shook her head. Sclones live alone, except at time of mating. And they are connected to their community, constantly, incessantly talking and communicating. Sclones are highly developed species. So much so, in fact, they used to rule most of the side of the universe. These green slugs? That's the amazing thing. They are completely helpless in most environments. No legs, no sight, no sound, no voice. Only four feelers for touch and nerve connectivity. But they are super intelligent and socials. More than half of their body mass consists of brain matter. They are able to communicate extremely efficiently. Nerve to nerve direct. Or remotely through electricity-based networks. I see. No need for them to clumsily translate thoughts and ideas into grammar-bound speech. Charles realized. You transmit the thought directly. Your concept is my concept instantly. Exactly. They can hold a lot of knowledge and quickly exchange it, which explains their technology superiority. Their collective brain power combined with the ability to control more physically evolved host species enable them to use robotics, biochemistry and computer technologies in innovative ways that other species were not able to come up with. Life support systems, for one. The glass tubes we saw in the conversion tub, Sina said. Life pods, yes. This is where they feel most comfortable. They were able to take over other species' technologies, like robotics and hyperspace travel, and radically improve them. With technology superiority came weapon superiority. And then it was only a matter of time until they dominated everything. You said they used to rule the universe. You have these cycles on Earth too. Think about the Greeks or the Romans. World-spanning empires vanishing in a few centuries. Species were unhappy. Built a coalition against the Sclones. Fought them with the same technologies the Sclones brought to their planets. There are still star systems ruled by the Sclones. But they have become fewer and fewer. 
and they simply eat themselves into whatever species they find on the planets they land upon? Caspar was curious. They have no mouth to eat. They absorb nutrition through their skin, hence the milky fluid inside the life parts. And how do they end up inside of... Usually a robotic semi-autonomous device operates on the host species. Like high-tech surgery, that's the best way for both, sclone and host. Mostly painless for the host, with a long safe conversion without many side effects. Everyone stared at Eva in horror. And the alternative? Morales asked. In absence of a robotic surgeon, the sclone enters the body through any bodily orifice that's large enough. Eva said, in case of humans, her social interaction algorithm regulated her speech and she politely did not finish the sentence. Leo, however, did. Up yours, clarified once more. Yeah, we saw, Sina shuddered. Eva nodded. The style of conversion is a bloody mess, causing internal injuries and infections. The sclone will be able to stay inside the body for maybe two or three days before the host's body will seriously grow sick, making it impossible for the sclone to remain inside. They need a healthy body to live comfortably. So you may die from this sort of conversion, Sina said with her hands over her mouth. Eva looked at her with her open, innocent, sweet face that never betrayed anything. Oh no, you die, period. All these converted people out there are going to die? Sina asked with growing horror in her voice. And Leo's co-workers? Our comrades? What's your saying? Dead men walking. Sorry to break the bad news to you. There is no species known in the universe that has managed to survive a sclone reconversion. But there must be a way. We have surgeons. We can split Siamese twins and reconnect Wieners, for God's sake. Mac argued. What about Kimmick, Gorsuch and the others? You have the consolation that they are not traitors. Eva nodded at Leo. The aliens made them do it. They will die the moment their human role has played out and this clone inside will be integrated into the community again. Integration sounds very social, Mac stated. Eva gave a polite smile. I assure you, purely from the perspective of this clone, The host is slaughtered to extract its guest. Has anyone tried to remove this clone carefully? Sina asked, like with surgery. I can't speak for your planet and humans, but in all other recorded cases of surgical procedures, the host's body died from shock after the tentacle removal from the nervous system. And compared to others, your species is not very robust, Eva clarified. That information had to settle for a moment. And you are here to hunt them down? Morales asked. Eva stayed silent, and Leo jumped in again. Remember, my girlfriend's of the shy kind and doesn't like talking about her own mission parameters. You need to ask other questions. Let me guess. Sclones pissed off too many people? Morales tried again. Yes, the rebellion started about a thousand years ago. The sclones were hunted down and killed in most former colonies over the centuries. There are still large clusters of occupation in your galaxy, but the worst is over. What are they doing here on Earth? Sclones scout out new planets, especially out here on the outer rim. 
Yeah, backwater earth, Sina muttered. Charles pointed out, you didn't do that well so far. Eva shrugged. I'm operational, have local allies and weapons that work under the atmospheric conditions of your planet. Call it what you will. The fat lady has not sung yet, Leo threw in. Are you based on Sklone technology too? Sina asked. Like I said, most marvels of modern technology known to the galaxy for the last few 10,000 years or more are more or less based on Sklone technology. Yes, I am based on the technology. That is unbelievable, Mac hollered. Let's shoot up those slugs and go home. Someone needs to pay for Bristol's team, for Perkins, Sims, Hammer, Gorsuch. What is so unbelievable, that an ugly slug can rule the galaxy? Or that they invented a spaceship that you were unable to open for decades? Eva raised an eyebrow. Your mother, Ava, gave us a detector watch before she died. Is that how you track the Sclones too? Sina asked and presented the watch around her right wrist. Eva lifted her left arm and showed off the same model. Unfortunately, we had to improvise with your locally available technology. It's a little crude, but what we could develop on this planet with today's resources. This one shows you with 95% probability that there is a sclone within a distance of 20 yards. Sina asked the inevitable question. Is there? Eva glanced at her watch. No. Morales looked at Charles, who had been making notes of the conversation. Doctor, you've been silent. Charles glanced up from his notes. Leo thought he looked worn out. I am not a military expert, or nor a cyborg clone hunter. What are our options to fight them here in town? Stop them from leaving? Morales spoke up. Including myself, we have three highly trained operators, plus the rest of you with basic infantry training. Firepower is our core challenge. We have plenty to share, Leo chimed in. Help yourself in the trunk of our car outside. Two green barrettes immediately left to check out the inventory. All right, we have weapons, Morales continued, but we don't know the area and the defenses of our adversary. They outnumber us, they have the ground, and they have had the preparation. From your description, the Legion Analytics building is an ideal location. Lots of open space around, high position for the overview, brick and mortar for protection. In the weakest part of our position, we have no idea what their plan is. We should relocate and find a command post near the Legion Analytics building, observe, and then formulate our approach. All right, Charles said, that's how we do it. One more thing, during my last contact with the president, he had made it clear that under no circumstances should we let this spaceship take off. Remember this as the priority. Your president and I have the same priorities, Eva confirmed. No one around the table believed her. This is it for this week's edition of The Transport, the sci-fi action thriller written and performed by Alex Ames. If you liked what you just heard, leave a comment in whatever platform you downloaded or listened to the podcast. If there are stars, 
star me, help me spread the good. And again, my shameless self-promoting plug. If you liked it so far and can't bear the suspense, buy the book. If you can't bear the suspense, buy the book. And that's it, for real. Wherever you are, whoever you are, thank you, take care, I hear you next time. This is Alex Ames, this was The Transport, over and out. <laughs>